to do this so yeah what is this show all about what are we doing this show is all about helping our listeners live that go yard life live hit those home runs in life and for some people who don't know that term it it arose in in baseball probably i don't know seven eight years ago at least and uh when i was really struggling with what to name the show i was happened to be in indiana for a few days and my son started brain my son that's the announcer here started brainstorming with me and came up with this title and it 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 really has a dual meaning besides the fact that we love baseball yes we love baseball yeah but it's more than that yes it means living the best life we can live live not just exist not just you know get through every day and you know it's it's becoming everything we can become right Right. living life with purpose passion those are your words all the time they are and um and and with that said there this is a life coaching counseling show free counseling folks uh and we just ask that you pass the word along about the show and encourage other people to listen we have five years plus of um shows on our website which is goyard2014.org it's an org website not a dot com goyard2014.org and that was the year we began 2014 so that's why that's the website address so go there because we have titles on all kinds of shows series i've got some people i know that are listening to a couple of our series right now that is really great because they're there and they are great i get to use them for homework and counseling sessions that's right yes and you are now in private practice and i don't want to forget that uh, 727-501-6557 is your phone number. And I'll tell you, God is blessing your practice. And you've only been going since May 1. And before that, you had all kinds of jobs for corporations. But now you're yes, doing this. Yes, and it's growing. Are you happy? I am so happy. All right. So you do a good job with your clients. I know that from what I hear. And uh, tonight we're on part two of our new series that's entitled Moving Past Shame. And it's kind of a wild topic in some ways because it's a topic most people don't talk about. True. Very true. Right? Very true. They don't talk about shame. Because if they feel shame, they don't want anybody to know they feel shame. Exactly. So they feel gonna, shame about shame. They, there you go. They feel <laughs> shame about shame. So if if they live in that dynamic on a daily basis, it's not something that you say, oh, by the way, I feel shame. Right. That, that, this doesn't happen, does it? No. Okay. And we decided this was necessary. It is. It's a a root issue. People need to hear this. It's one of the root issues. And, you know, this is usually what's under a lot of other struggles in people's lives. And and that's what you mean by root issue, right, Doctor? Yes. Okay. Dr. Angel Falzoni, PhD, licensed mental health counselor. I don't want to forget to mention your credentials and your other assorted degrees, (laughs) bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, and all that other stuff you have. Let's talk about shame versus guilt. Okay. What's the difference? There's a huge difference because guilt is that feeling that we have when we've done something wrong. Um, it's when we're making a judgment. We did something wrong. So we will f- will feel that remorse. Guilt is like remorse. Guilt is temporary. Okay. You know, usually Write when- that down, people, if you take notes. Take good notes here. Guilt is a temporary thing. Right. So either we learn from that bad choice and try not to make it again because we don't want to feel that guilt or remorse or we try to correct it or ask okay. for forgiveness uh, shame is an identity shame is when we feel we are 
that bad thing. Our whole self-worth is bad or wrong. So it really, shame gets to the heart or the root of who we are, what our persona I guess is right, sure, and it more than itself. just an action that happened, which was guilt. Right. Correct, right? Shame gets so much deeper, and it weaves itself into how we see ourselves, what we think of ourselves, how we value ourselves, how we see others, how we relate to others. Like it gets into all those pieces. And last week we talked about, and I just want you to mention it briefly again, that so often you can find out if you have issues with shame. If you tend to isolate. Yes. You want to talk about that? Sure. Because, you know, shame is rooted in feelings of like humiliation or embarrassment that we feel about ourselves. We don't want people to know it. So we pull back. We will cocoon. We'll isolate. We'll withdraw when we're feeling those periods of shame. So and do usually these periods of shame revert back to events, right? Things Mm -hmm. that have happened. Correct. Sure. Right. And they and right. So when something triggers it or if something reminds you of it, like you go right back to those original feelings of shame. And those are the times where people withdraw the most. Okay. So, you know, the goal in this show always is to cause all of us, us included, to realize underlying causes for certain behaviors, right? That's what we try to bring out and try to offer solutions and suggestions, right? Absolutely. You know, what most people are distressed by other things, maybe, you know, unhealthy relationships, maybe they're not, you know, getting the job that they wanted. But, you know, we can put Band-Aids on these little fires that spring up in people's lives, or we can go down and find out what's really going on under the surface, and that's where... And and that's our passion, yours and mine, for doing this show, because I've done many, many years of pastoral counseling as pastor and seen so many people that are hurting at a deeper level than just an event that happened. They felt bad. Oh, I said this to my mom. I shouldn't have said it. Blah, blah, blah. I feel bad. I'm going to ask her to forgive me. Okay. That's that's one thing. That's nothing like what we're talking about, though. Absolutely nothing. In fact, a lot of time when people experience shame, they can't even put that identity to it, that that's what it is. They just see all these other pieces in their life not working for them or not going the way they wanted it to go. And so it takes some digging to get down in there. Could it be an overall feeling of I don't do life very well? Sure. Uh, A feeling of every time I try to get in a relationship, things just don't go right. I mess them up. Right. I mess them up. Um, Or I'm a feeling of I'm broken or a feeling of. We did talk about that last week. We sure did. That brokenness feeling. Or I don't deserve anything good. Or that feeling of, you know, all these bad things just keep happening to me. Like I'm bad luck kind of feeling. Right. Yeah. So audience, um, there's hope for every one of us that have struggled with this area of shame in our lives. And shame can be caused by a lot of different things. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I would like for you just to address the fact that people can resolve shame, doctor. Yes, we can resolve it. It takes work. And we're going to go through the process. Ah, but we don't like to do work, it's right? It's ugly four-letter like word. Yeah, we don't like to do work. We want it just to happen, right? right? And it takes a lot of hard work, but it can be done, and we can move past it, and we can, you know, recreate our, the identity we should be having, our healthy identity, and it changes everything in our life. So I think, number one, it just starts with some real self-awareness, right? Oh, because yes. as people are listening to this show tonight, and then you can go back and listen to part one, if you missed it, right here on Tantalk network.com go to podcasts and go to go yard that's one way to do it or go to youtube either way but as we begin to realize hey maybe i do struggle with that and i never thought that was the reason that i'm depressed a lot or i am moody a lot or i i'm i isolate and want, don't want to be around people you or know? i have all these failed relationships or i can't seem to achieve my goals or because it can affect us in so many oh, areas of our lives. Oh, I think it definitely lives. can affect goal setting, don't you? Oh, yes, it can. Yeah, because if you feel like you're always a failure right. at something. How are you going to achieve something great? Right. And so how are you going to get your focus to stay long enough to accomplish some things that you really want to in life? 
Absolutely, you know, and and people who are, you know, have shame tend to have a lot of unhealthy relationships because they kind of expect people to treat them bad. Okay. So what, they're, they set themselves up for failure? They kind of do. They can, but they kind of are expecting it, so they'll tolerate it more than somebody who isn't shame-based. They'll stay in unhealthy okay, longer. Okay, so they'll stay in unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. longer. Why? Because I deserve it because I'm really mm, right. this awful person, right? Or they'll blame themselves or they won't be able to see it with um, objectivity and clear clarity. Sure, sure. So what can cause shame, doctor? Well, one of the big things that can cause shame is traumatic events that we experience in our lifetime. Oh, what are traumatic events? Well, and that's just it. A traumatic event is any event that we experience that creates intense feelings of fear and helplessness. And it can be something that we've experienced personally or something we've witnessed somebody else experience. Okay. So a lot of times... i got to write those two words down. Fear and helplessness. Yeah, those are always the core of trauma. And so when we're talking about traumatic events, you know, a lot of times people go for the big ones, you know, abuses and rapes. and the, But it could be bad car accident. It could be a severe illness. It could be being in a the community that was hit by Hurricane Katrina. Like, it can be social things. It can be things that are parents getting a divorce. It could be maybe not making good grades in school and feeling less than. Like, those can be traumatic events when we feel that feeling of helplessness and fear. So what's traumatic can be very individualized. Okay. In general, it's been my experience, I'm just saying, I'm going to throw this out, you tell me if I'm right or wrong, that a lot of people that go that think back to their childhood years and remember um, that their siblings perhaps were more favored than they were, mm-hmm. right? And then they look all their life for why did that happen. Correct. Okay, you know what I'm talking yes. about. You have sibling. I do. I have a couple. And we all have those things that have happened in our growing up years and even in our, our adult years with parents, with family members, perhaps, or whatever, or with a spouse that cause you to second guess why a family member, in particular a parent or a sibling, doesn't treat you like they treat someone else in the family. Absolutely. And then having those experiences can be traumatic experiences for people because it makes them feel less than and unworthy and wrong and all those feelings that get buried in with shame. But what if they can't even tell you, point to an event, an event, or two or five or whatever that happened that caused them to feel like mom and dad didn't love them as much as they did their siblings? Well, you know, it, and it's a process of getting down to that. Mm-hmm. You're you're not going to walk in and say, "Oh, this is the event that caused me to start no, feeling I shame." Agree with you. Yeah. you know, we kind of start seeing where is the shame, what are the feelings, and then we kind of just when have you felt that way, and kind of take that life review of when you've had those experiences. Okay. And a lot of times they are able to get down to that first time because that's the one that itches in our brain as mm-hmm. we're feeling it and walking back through it. So when we have felt intense feelings at different times in our lives, those those situations tend to come back to the surface and we can remember them a lot of times? Oh, yes. I mean, any event that was tied to heavy emotion, I mean, it's there. It's just getting it to come. And there's a lot of fear associated with going through those feelings and rediscovering them. Because it was so painful the first time, you don't want to experience that You really don't want to go back and talk about that, right? Correct. But you can't come out until you go through. Okay. And so, so many people, it's been my experience, I'm just telling you that as a pastor again, that a lot of people don't want to get to those nitty-gritty things that happened that started this shame cycle. And I'm going to call it a shame cycle. Call it that, because it is. Is it a shame cycle? It sure is. I mean, that's not anything that I've read in a psych book, so I'm just... No, it is. It's a cycle of shame, and it it comes and it goes, or it can just stay throughout our whole lifetime. Okay. Uh, For those that have had a shame cycle, what would that look like? Well, that could look like all kinds of stuff. So I can't even hardly give you a really good visual of what that is because a lot of people manifest it in different ways but it definitely looks like you are not um you're not secure in who you are you might try to fake it you might 
try to keep it all looking together, but inside you're really not feeling confident in who you are. You're not feeling like you deserve good things to happen, that you're not feeling like people should treat you well. So it's looking like you're not living your best life, but okay. you really want to, and you're, you just feel held back. Okay. But if you've come from a place in childhood where you felt like, say, mom and dad really favored the other sibling or siblings... And you couldn't put a finger on what you did to cause them to treat you like that. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get at the root of it, isn't it? It can be hard, but it can happen. It can happen? Oh, yes. Oh, you're so confident. I am very confident because I've walked this cycle with many people, and we usually get to the bottom of where this started. Like I said, anything that's associated with those strong feelings, they're there. It's just tapping into it and being willing to go back through it to get out and you know it's associated with strong feelings when your heart begins to pound as you're talking about it it. or you're beginning to cry or you're beginning to feel very uncomfortable i want to get out of this i don't want to talk about this type thing right and what i've noticed too is people who are in the shame cycle they are very uncomfortable with feelings period okay positive or negative like feelings they get they're they're scary to them okay why why would that be well, because they've experienced some really intense negative feelings, and okay. so feelings are just so they try to cut them off, bury them, right? Disconnect themselves from their feelings. So they're the ones that all have a lot of things happen and try and bury it until they can't. Right. Okay. Okay. So when they're burying it, they are the rationale is what? What are they thinking? That I can make it stop if I just don't look at it or think about it or deal with it. And some of these people are really successful in their life. Yeah. Because they put all this energy into life success instead of dealing with the stuff that's coming. So I guess it begs the question, Dr. Angel, why even deal with it? Because it shackles you back. How? How does it shackle you? I mean, that's an interesting word you just chose. It's a shackle. It's a prison. Shame is a prison. Okay. And it and that's just what it is. It prisons you up because it keeps you from living happy and true to yourself. You there's all these secrets that are always attached to shame and you you feel very lonely. You feel isolated. People don't really know who you are. They don't get to see you and you feel that disconnect. Right. You feel it. <clears throat> okay. So what does it do to their self image? Oh, it, it tanks their self-image. When we have. <laughs> well, you sound like, well, of course. Like, that, that's how you just said that to me. Like, yeah, like, hello. Well, of course. Self-image it, is tanked. They may right. try and hide that, but they, they don't have a healthy or a good self-image. They don't even have a realistic self-image. Okay. talk. What does that mean? So they see themselves as less than, maybe um, not as good as they're comparing themselves maybe to others, or they just feel like, they are less than all the time. And so they're always feeling like they're trying to climb out of this hole of the catch up. Right. And a lot of times it's because they feel like they have not measured up. Correct. Right? Correct. So you're trying to catch up because you haven't measured up in some area of your life, whether it be in your family or at a job or in school where you felt like, you know, you just did not do what your family expected you to do, for instance, exactly. as far as a career, etc. Exactly. And, the, and these feelings are strong and they intertwine into every how you live your life and how you see everything in your life. So I would, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just throwing this out. Go ahead. Uh, I would think that it would cause you to settle for things yes. instead of reach to a higher plane. Yes. Perhaps settle for a relationship with someone who's not easy to get along with, but, you know, I don't really deserve much better than that. So, okay, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Yes. You want to address that? A lot of settling. You may settle with relationships. We may settle with jobs that are less than what we really want or desire. We settle. We'll take friendships that aren't as healthy as they could be and, you know, people let us down or disappoint us and we just keep forgiving and acting like it's okay. Because we settle. So instead of standing up for who you are, you don't believe that you deserve any better. 
Correct. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. So whether it is in a, a physical relationship, whether it's in a family member, family member, sibling, parent treats you bad, well, that's what I deserve. Although it's not a conscious thought, right? No, it's not a conscious thought. You just so accept talk about it that. as it's you just take you accept you, it. It's your normal. It's your norm. Okay, it's your norm. And so if that's what the way people treat me, that's the way they treat me, right? Exactly. I don't deserve any better. But here's the thing. When people have the shame cycle, they can look out at others and see that others aren't getting treated like that. Okay. So it makes them feel even more isolated and more like something's wrong with me because this is my sister isn't getting treated like that or my, you know, child or whatever it is. My friend treats other people, you know, shows up when they make plans or returns their calls, but they don't do that to me. So then you further instead of thinking what's wrong with this relationship or this person it's what's wrong with me in and saying what's wrong with me because if they yeah something must be wrong or they would want to spend more time with me or they would want to treat me better or yeah i would be more special to them or whatever right so you're saying all of that that we've been talking about for the first 20 minutes of the show is based in a shame-based identity is that what you are saying yes you like how i continue try to put words in your mouth i do like that you do a good job (laughs) with it though well i'm just trying to understand and relate to our audience um how how does shame survive because why don't people come to a point, Dr. Angel, in their life where they go, oh, you know, I've been living in shame for a long time. I guess I'm just going to quit thinking that way. Well, it, I mean, that sounds like, not. but they don't do that. No, they do not put those words to it all together. These are people who feel like they have this like proverbial Pandora's box on the inside of them. And so to let out any of what's really shame, but to let out any of that stuff attached to that, they're just afraid all of it's going to go wide open and all this bad is going to happen and will they be able to survive it okay so what you're saying is they don't want to talk about it because if they start talking about it more and more is going to come out right when will it end will it end and will people think that well yeah you're not you're not good to be around you're right and then what are others going to think right that you're alone or you're whatever and so instead of you just feeling like you're bad you'll start thinking other people think you're bad too okay so that is a fear that Mm -hmm. shame-based identity has is this correct yes you know we haven't discussed any of this right yes i do this is another wing it show (laughs) (laughs) because it's just happening tommy as we're talking but i think we're getting at some roots of things here let's go to a break and so you can gather your thoughts and see what you want to say next okay (laughs) we'll be right back everybody don't go anywhere go yard tonight my world We come crashing through the ceiling and find the messy rooms the scattered pearls If you are brave then come into my world Come into my world So lovely from the outside So dark in here the demons dance and twirl Frightening this girl If you are brave Then come into my world Tampa Bay's Tan Talk Entertaining and informative radio For the Sunshine State Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Come into my world. I cannot find the doorway. It's overgrown with vines that twist and curl. 
are brave then come into my world oh wow I've never heard that song, but I recognized it was Amy Grant. It's Amy Grant. It's called Come Into My World. It's uh, a little, it an obscure song, but it really fits with what we're talking about tonight. It certainly does. And recently, you and I both went to a concert at the Capitol Theater of Amy Grant. Yes. One of the best concerts I've ever been to. It really was. And she comes about once a year, approximately, doesn't she? And I would encourage anybody. She's been around a long time. She's married to Vince Gill. Um, they have a daughter, and yeah, they have a family. It, it's just, it, it was an amazing concert. But hearing that song, that is so appropriate to our topic of shame-based identity. Why? Well, because it's when we have that shame, we don't really let anybody come into our world. And it talks about, you know, outside the house is all put together, and it looks, you know, but inside the demons are dancing and twirling. The yes. demons are the shame. Yes. The shame. Yeah. All those things that we don't want anybody to know, what we right. really think, you know, when we're alone or when we're driving down the road. We don't want anybody to know what we re- because we feel that we're bad somehow, yes. right? I don't know if bad's the right word. No, it is. I guess it's flawed. Flawed, bad, broken, all yeah. of those words. All fit those in there. words. So, so a shame based identity thinks there must be something wrong with me I've never been able to put my finger on because people don't treat me like they treat somebody else. Is that correct? Right. Exactly. Okay. And we have to put on this pretty front on the outside. So the prettier the front, the more usually that's being hidden underneath of it, you know, because that's what we do. Okay. It begs the question, Dr. Angel, uh, why work on something like this? Why don't you just accept it? That's the way I am. Won't, won't. Too bad. Because it really messes with your life and who you are, and you are miserable. When somebody is experiencing deep levels of shame, they feel miserable. They feel so alone. They feel like no one knows really who they are. They sometimes aren't even sure if they know who they are. They can get lost in it of trying to keep hiding all these secrets all the time. Okay, so that's one question. But the second question is, isn't it hard to come out of this? Well, it is hard. I'm not going to say it's an easy journey, but it's... It's a very healing, It's it'll change your life. And I know you as a professional have dealt with people in this area for a while. And so you have confidence that yes. it can get oh, straightened yes. out. It can get straightened out. And then it's almost like somebody took the blinders off your eyes as it gets straightened out. Because you see everything from a much more clear perspective, a truer perspective. Okay. And you can connect to people on real levels. And that we need to connect. We're created for that we are created to connect we are just like god created us so he would have people to talk to and and share with and we are the same we're not we're not created to be isolated no but that's what shame does it isolates you so you never really get that true connection wow okay so there is hope, right? There is hope. But we didn't even, you asked me before break, how does shame survive? Okay. So it takes three ingredients to keep shame living and acting and surviving. Good. One of them is secrets. you got to have secrets oh, that yeah. we have to keep Oh, hidden. yeah. Secrets, yeah. So secrecy is one of those ingredients. Okay. The second one is silence. Okay. We, we keep it hidden. We're not talking about it. We're not acknowledging it. We try everything we can and not even think about it we keep how is silence. silence different from a secret well we can have secrets that we share with a trusted person yeah. you know so just because something's secret doesn't mean doesn't it's mean silence. that you're silent about right. it right okay so silence secrets and, and what? the last one's judgment Oh. And that judgment goes, well, we're judging ourselves. ourselves. That's who and we're judging. we might be judging other people, thinking, well, what will they think of me if they really knew this? Right. Or would they right. still like me? Or would they still, you know, X, Y, Z? Or right. maybe they couldn't handle it or maybe whatever. But that judgment happens both ways. Okay. So I want to go back to a little thing we talked about last week, and that is sexual abuse at a young age. That is being uh, mistreated uh, in whatever way, whether it's uh, punished for things you didn't really do, or maybe it's it's molestation or whatever the case may be. So with people that have, have dealt with that in their life, had that happened to them, but they've never, ever talked about it, that's a fertile ground for shame-based yep. identity, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Do I say more than that? Well, and it's not even just talking about it because a lot of times people would be able to, you know, admit, yes, that happened or I experienced that, but they didn't talk about it. And talking about that kind of stuff is all the nitty gritty parts of it. Not just the event, not just but how it made it. you feel, correct? All of it, the whole thing. Yes. How it made you feel, Absolutely. Right? And when we get to the root of something that has shaped your identity like shame for so long, or fear. I know people that have their mm-hmm. life has been just shaped by fear all their life, all their life. And, and when that happens, it's more than just telling an event. It's talking about how it made you feel when it happened. Is that correct? Absolutely. It's going back through to get back out. Back through it. Right. Visualizing it, seeing it, living right. it again. And you say, but that's painful. And some people out there maybe say, I don't want to do that. I'll sit in your therapist's office and cry. Yeah. yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But here's the thing. Most people, when they are rooted in shame, they're already reliving these events over and over. If it comes through nightmares or if it comes through how they're feeling about them, they're reliving the words, they're repeating things. They're reliving it, but they're not getting through it. They're just like stuck on the merry-go-round with it. And so this is reliving to, to get through and out. Does that make sense? Totally. It just reminded me of Psalm 23, verse 4. <laughs> when going through, through the, valley the valley of the, the shadow, shadow of death. This would be through the valley it, of right? the shadow of death, and you right. have to go through. Yes. And the rest of that verse is, I will fear no evil. Right. Right? For thou art with me. So bringing in the spiritual component right there, if you are really serious about getting to the root of shame-based identity, the God component helps tremendously. Sure. Absolutely. But I know some of our audience, that's not an option for them. But I will, those that do have that Have faith, an extra support system to get right, through. Right. It makes it so much easier. As a pastor, I've dealt with that with people. Um, are there differences in how shame is manifested between men and women? Yeah, there are some gender differences. So what um, I've noticed is men tend to act out in their shame. So when men what feel shame, they become verbally aggressive with their words, maybe violent, maybe physically aggressive. Men act out. So they act bad, bad behavior. So these are men who maybe they are abusers of their girlfriends or their kids. A lot of times they're acting out negatively toward others. Maybe they're short-tempered people that, you know, you say hi to and they're like chopping your head off verbally. Okay, so a lot of people would think that women are more prone to being having a shame-based identity than men. Is that is there any scientific... Well, you know, I didn't look up that details. Um, I mean, I kind of tend to agree that there is because... But I don't know for 100% sure. But I do know when men have shame, they tend to act outwardly with it. So they're like the jerk nobody wants to be around oh, okay. kind of thing. Okay. And women... They're no longer... They're not sensitive. They're not loving. They are... Right. They're just... They they're harden angry. themselves. Right. right. And no one's ever going to hurt them like that again. So uh, they have to... That makes total sense. Put yeah. this like hard shell. Sure, sure. And they go out. They kind of go on the offense and go Become attack. a bully Bullying. or something like yes. this. Right. A lot of uh, people who are abusers and domestic abuse relationships they're shame based underneath what's happening that's an interesting i've never heard a thought of that yes but that makes sense yes and you have proven that in research and in your experience (laughs) with clients that talks about that and and women they internalize it so So what do they do women turn their feelings in and start hating themselves Okay, so men tend to be more aggressive and hate everybody else, right? right? And, and women and be hate angry themselves. and make everybody pay for what happened to them. Right. But women think, oh, I should never have put myself in that position. How did I do that? Or what did I do to cause? Right. And so they take it all inward. And, and both of them are equally as destructive. Wow. How common is shame-based identity? What do you mean how common? What are the numbers? I don't know the numbers. I didn't not, look not that up. Not the numbers. You see it a lot? I do see it a lot. Do you find that sometimes people are just not sure what is wrong with them, but they know they're just unhappy, basically unhappy? Yes. And usually they'll come into the counseling room because of some other thing going on in their life. Like they can't get that job that they want, or their marriage is falling apart, or they're having a conflict relationship with maybe their family of origin or they they'll that brings them in and then when you start digging and seeing wait a minute what's really going on you'll start to that shame base starts 
So you're saying that as a therapist, uh, since I've not been counseled by you, uh, I am assuming this is what goes on. And see how you made that public statement. (laughs) I'm assuming this is what goes on in that beautiful office of yours. That um, you're you're wanting to get at the root of things. You're not just wanting to gloss over and say, oh, you're going to be fine. Well, and here's the thing. If I put the band, it's kind of putting a Band-Aid on a shark bite, you know, when you have somebody with shame. Because, yeah, we can put the fire out and help. I can give you the tools to get that job you want or I can help this relationship or I can teach you boundaries to work on your family. But you're going to have another fire pop up until we get down to why all this is really happening. And it's happening. not always shame in every person, right? No, it's not always because shame. Because we talked earlier, there right. are people that absolutely are fear-based. That's sure. how they live their life, right? Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of things that can be under it. But for some people, it's shame. And shame is toxic. It is toxic. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, okay, let's talk about mental health and shame. Sure. So when people have some shame base, we can we might see some mental health issues coming up. Um, it doesn't cause them. I think shame doesn't cause the mental health issues. I think the people who have these issues um, have higher experiences of shame. So... Like narcissists, men who act out, they can become very narcissistic. We see more men with narcissism when there's okay. a shame base in there. Okay. They're trying to overcompensate for that. Um, we might see women who have borderline personality disorder. Can you want to define shame. narcissism and borderline personality Ooh. disorder because these shows okay. are not about that. But I think for the listener, the casual listener here, they may not understand what either of those are. They're personality disorders. Yes, both of them are. And so narcissism is when you think you are always right. You are the most important. It's very all about me. And so what they're doing is transferring that shame onto other people by belittling them, putting them down, oh, making okay. them feel less oh, than. Yeah, that and makes so that's sense. where shame can be under narcissism. Not always under there, but can be under there. Um, borderline personality. Okay, so you're saying sometimes narcissists have a shame-based identity. Yes. But not always. Not always. But there's a lot of the times they do. All right. And then on the women's side, a lot of women, because they internalize, they may have borderline personality disorder, which is that uh, chronic feeling of they have chronically unstable relationships. They have uh, it's a very complex personality disorder, but that can happen. And a lot of them are shame based. I'd say probably most of them have a shame under that. Or some kind of major abandonment issue. Those two feel that borderline. Um, But then we see them, um, anxiety, people who have shame a lot will have some anxiety. So not all anxiety is shame, but there are people with shame who have anxiety. I want to make that clear. So we'll see like the general anxiety or the social anxiety. And a lot of times we'll see social anxiety because they feel like nobody knows them. So they don't like to be in social groups because they feel... Ah, that makes sense. So it defines social anxiety because I understand it, but there might be some out there that sure. don't. Sure. So social anxiety is when you feel anxious about being in social gatherings, any right. gathering, small or large. Which makes you tend to want to isolate. Right. Right? Because exactly. you don't want to be around people because? Because you've, you feel lonely. You, you're afraid that they can see, see your secrets. Right. You know, a lot of times when I deal with shame-based people, they can't make good eye contact because they are afraid that you can look in their eyes and you know everything that's going on. So they tend to right have some social anxiety. A lot of them tend to have post-traumatic stress disorder because trauma causes can cause shame. So um, that can be under uh, shame, definitely can be under PTSD. Okay. And then depression. Yeah, because think about it. You have all these secrets. You can't share them. You hate yourself. You think you're terrible or bad or broken. You're isolated. Well, that's a recipe for depression to come on. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And then there can be a high suicide risk because the longer shame lives and grows, the more isolated you feel, the worse you feel, the more failure you experience, the more brokenness you experience, the more hopeless you become. That therein is the vicious cycle. It is. And then we, substance abuse disorders can, are a lot of times very shame-based. Okay. So they're, they're trying to calm the pain of their shame mm-hmm. by using drugs or alcohol. Or other, um, it doesn't even have to be substance abuse. It can be behavioral things, um, gambling, you know, things like that. A lot of times they're covering up shame. Okay. And then um, 
just a nervous breakdown. These people can be at an increased risk for like one of those, what we would call a nervous breakdown, a, a complete, you know, shutdown of their mental functioning because it just, it's too much and it overwhelms their whole mental capacities. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, you just said a whole lot of I stuff did. in those that last five <laughs> minutes. All right. So let's break that down. Is a shame identity relatively common in people? Um, commonality. I mean, I don't know how to put that into terms of commonality. I mean, I work a lot with trauma. So with my patients, I deal a lot with shame because I, I work in a lot of trauma. So I think it's common to certain okay. experiences. Okay. All right. So let's say there's a listener out there listening and going, okay, I wonder if that's what's wrong with me, that I have any clues as to what would make them think that. Isolation? Isolation, withdrawal, feeling like you're not connecting, like people don't know you. Feeling like nobody cares about you as much as they do, say, your sister or your... Or or, knowing you have these secrets that you just keep silent and don't let out. Okay. Like that's... Feeling broken, feeling bad, feeling wrong, feeling less than. Okay. All of the all of those things apply, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this is weird because in five years we've never done a series on shame. And, and yet now you're in private practice. So you're seeing things that when you were working for a company, perhaps you didn't see every day. Correct. And I see things differently. Well, like I said, I specialize with trauma, anxiety, and depression, and and shame can be under all of those. You specialize in those things? Yes. And so, and shame can be under all of those things, so I see it a lot in my practice. Okay, why do you specialize in those things? And say them again, what do you specialize in? Trauma. Trauma. Anxiety. Right. And depression. Okay. All right. Why those things? Well, because they're so interrelated. Um, A lot of times our anxiety and our depression, well, anxiety and depression are almost a married couple. A lot of times people experience both of them at times in their life. Um, But what's on and then trauma can be under both of those um, or it can be, you know, so trauma can cause. I mean, trauma is an anxiety disorder, so trauma can cause more anxiety. So it just they kind of feed and fuel each other. So to treat it completely, I treat all of it. And so not everybody walks in. I have people who are just depressed they do not have a trauma they aren't experiencing okay. anxiety right. they aren't okay. shame-based so you're not sitting there trying to figure out is no. this a shame-based client no you just see it as you start peeling as, back layers as the layers so talk about peeling back layers sure it's kind of like an onion you know we start dealing with what brings them in and then we kind of take down the layer and then seeing how is it impacting our life and i listen to their self-talk i listen to their uh-huh. pers- bop, bop, back up what does that mean for the average listener right now they may not know what you just said so i listen to the words that they use when they're talking about themselves and their roles in their life okay so how self-talk. do they see themselves okay. in this i am looking for are they making eye contact with me or are they avoiding eye contact with me um, when we start to talk about maybe a feeling or something a little painful are they staying with it or are they trying to change the subject and get out of it mm-hmm. and so i'm just assessing as we take down the layers what's happening so we can find whatever that root is for some people it's shame do a lot of people want to get at the roots or do they want to just have you tell them they're okay? Yeah, a lot of people say, Dr. Angel, can't you just tell me what I need to do and I'll just go do it? Make me a checklist. I had someone ask me that this week. Make me a checklist. Yeah, that's not how it works. Because therapy is about self-discovery. And yes, yes. So some people, they really don't want to get to the root. They really don't want to get better. Um, and that happens. And they drop out and they'll be back when life brings another issue. And then some people who really want to do the work because they want this to stop. Yeah. Because a shame-based identity does not feel good. No. No. I mean, you're not like eh, happy-go-lucky, generally right. speaking, right? Right. Well, and we don't walk in on the first session and be like, oh, well, you got a shame-based identity. No, no, you're not like that. No, no, no. It, it takes a while no, to see sure what's under something. Sure it does. Right. Okay, so address this. Why is it worth people's time to do this, to do therapy? 
Wow. Well, because look at all this stuff that we can be shedding and getting rid of off of our life. You know, the how we can sabotage our choices or how we experience relationships, how we experience and see ourselves, what we think we can accomplish. Like all of this is buried into what's going on underneath us. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so when I say shame is a prison, it's seriously a prison. It's definitely a prison because it keeps people bound up and keeps them from fulfilling their God-given potential. Absolutely. Or even just living a life that they feel content with. Right. Right. So, okay. All right. So for those that are saying, okay, I I still struggle with guilt in this area or that area. Does that mean that I have shame? Not necessarily, no, because guilt guilt and shame can be related, but guilt's temporary. Okay. So when you experience guilt. I want you to guilt, keep making that point because I think that a lot of people associate guilt with shame. They do. Uh, guilt is a temporary feeling. It's a feeling that we can resolve by changing our choices, making amends, learning from a mistake. We can absolve that guilt. Um, people who tend to be manipulated by guilt easily, you know, you hear people, oh, she gives you the guilt trip, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. we all have like a grandma that goes to the guilt trip. And we're sure. like, oh, man. Sometimes they have some shame under them because when okay. they feel guilt, then it feeds into that shame. So mm-hmm. guilt can feed shame. Okay. But they are different, completely different. So people can feel guilty and do not have shame under that. So what I hear from last week and this week is that shame is actually deeper and more serious. I think shame is probably, oh, yes. I think shame is probably the deepest struggle someone can have. Whoa. And I don't say that lightly. Let's say that again. I think shame is The deepest struggle someone can have. Why do you say that? Because it cuts down to the very fiber of our being and in our identity and who we are. Wow. I mean, the power of this. That's cause for pause. It really is. And the the power, I mean, think about the power, what it impacts. Yeah, it can can almost stymie you and... Mm -hmm. And And shackle so many people. And And cause you not to be real productive in life or with relationships. They live miserable lives. Yeah. And it's shame sometimes that's under that, that keeps them from that. But it messes with you. From a spiritual perspective, as a pastor, I can say that God can deal with this and help people deal with with that root, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I firmly believe in, in counseling and getting to the root of things. I'm not just saying, oh, yeah, I'll just let God deal with it. No. There is, it's a combination, don't you think? Absolutely. Okay. And, and, and there's no magic pill to make it stop or go away. You know, so many people who struggle with this are like, well, Dr. Angel, I just tell me what psychiatrist to go to. I just need to take the medicine that'll make this all stop. You know, we can take a medication to help depression or we can take one for our anxiety. But when there's shame under it, it's still not it's going to handle the it's, shame. It's not going to be taken care of, right? Not at all. Yeah, and, and a lot of people, you're right, want to go to the psychiatrist, the MD, who prescribes the medicine just to make the pain go away. Right, or these are the people, too, who want to just pick up and start a new life somewhere else. Because, oh, geographic cure. Yeah, geographic cure does not yes. work for shame because it's inside you. It's going with you. <laughs> yes, but they do. I mean, a lot of them are like, I'm just leaving. I'm just going to go start over somewhere else. You're just starting over with all the same struggles you are leaving here. Because it's nothing to do with your environment. It's inside you. You have about three minutes, maybe four. So why don't you do some summary since you are our resident expert? Sure. Well, I want to highlight those ingredients. So shame survives by having secrecy, silence, and judgment. So okay. that's the recipe that keeps it alive. Down. Those are great. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. judgment. Because those are going to become key in how we get through it and out okay. of it. Because that's like the fertilizer and the, like that's all the stuff that makes it grow. So in other words, if those are the things that cause suicide or suicide, cause shame to grow, then we got to deal with those things in order to dismantle the power of shame. Yes. And we can dismantle the power of shame. We can heal from the power of shame. We can go on to live that life that we are meant to live free of shame. We can get out of the prison of shame. 
but we have to put in the work to do it. Yeah. And part of that work means recognizing that, that you're in it. That you're in it. <laughs> Can't deal with what you don't recognize. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Gotta I mean, know. it's being willing to say, okay, this must be what's going on underneath everything. Mm-hmm. And the listeners out there, if this is you and you are beginning to get a handle on this after last week and this week, and if you didn't listen to last week, I would encourage you to go to TantalkNetwork.com, go to podcast, go to Go Yard, listen to last week's show, um, and to listen to this one again. Tommy will have it up tonight. And uh, so you can go back and listen to this show in just a few minutes and call a friend and have somebody talk to you through some of that. But um, you're in private practice now, which is wonderful, and it's been five, six months already, five months. Mm -hmm. Uh, There you go. And her phone number is 727-501-6557. She's located in the same building as our ministry, Beacon of Hope Ministries, and that is 2058 Weaver Park Drive in Clearwater. Easy to find right off of Hercules between Sunset Point and Drew, right off of Hercules. Weaver Park Drive, 2058. We have a sign over the door now. It says Dr. Angel's Development and Beacon of Hope Ministries. So we also have a Sunday afternoon show for the ministry, and that's at 3 o'clock every Sunday right here on this station. Um, what else would you like to say? you got about two minutes or a minute and a half to to just make a point again, anything you want to. And, and, and oh, I did not make this point. You are working on your insurance panels, but for now, self-pay sliding scale, correct? Yes, correct. Um, and so don't be afraid. Do not be that. afraid. Give me a call. Um, I want our listeners to know that there's hope first and foremost. I want them to know that you you might say, yeah, I do feel like this, and I might feel like that, but I don't know if it's really shame. Like, are you keep? Do you have those secrets that you keep silent? Do you feel like you're not connecting? And if so, there's where you're looking at some of it. And you know, find a trusted friend, go to therapy, find you know, work through it. Got to break the silence. And so we're really going to hit next week how you get back through this because there's the hope. That you can get out of this prison. It is okay. You know, I've watched people. I mean, I have a few patients right now who, you know, have just lived shackled to this for so long of their life, and they're just now, for the first time in their life, getting through some of it. And the free, I mean, just their whole look changes from the beginning to the end of the session. So and it's that amazing. is good news. There is hope, dear ones. So as always, we love being with you every Thursday night at six oh six p.m. Go to our website, goyard2014.org, and there's titles on shows for almost five years there in all kinds of series. We hope you'll join us next week, 6.06 p.m. We're here live in the studio almost every week. If not, we use a rerun, but usually we are here. And who are you anyway? I'm Dr. Angel. And I'm Mama Mac, and this is Go Yard, and we'll see you next week. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.